Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson. These are the ones that are much less fun to do than the talking about what is to come or might be to come. Uh, Lions lost yesterday to Seattle. I'm going to go over some of the reasons. And they're not the excuses. They're the reasons. See you after the jump. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. In a quick recap of the game, first quarter came and went like a flash. It's two teams that run the ball, so that's not particularly surprising. Uh, well, what's surprising was all of the injuries. <laughs> uh, Kirby Joseph left the game. C.J. Gardner-Johnson left the game. Olympic Neal left the game. All of those guys came back. Uh, unfortunately, David Montgomery and later in the game, Palapulavati Vitae did not. Which is unfortunate, because the thing we got most from that first quarter was David Montgomery introducing himself to any of y'all who had any misconceptions about what kind of player he was. He repeatedly turned one-yard losses into three-yard gains. He turned three-yard gains into eight-yard gains. He did exactly what he was brought in by the coaching staff to do. He took the opportunities that gave him very little, and he took a lot. Of course, in the second half, we got to see the downside of that fight for every yard mentality in a couple different ways. Montgomery doesn't have a problem with fumbles as far as that goes. Uh, he's one or two a year. That's it. Perfectly reasonable for a running back. No reason to think that that's an ongoing issue. Um, but fighting for yardage like that does put the ball in positions to be less protected. Something like this is going to happen every once in a while. You take the good, you take the bad. Yeah, take them both. Then you have the facts of life. So I was told in the 80s by a sitcom. Uh, on the injury, same thing. Uh, he had the first down. Then he struggled his way out of having the first down. And on that third effort, something got twisted. And uh, the post-game reports are saying that it's a thigh, not an ankle. Um, I don't know if that's better. That's a bigger muscle. And if he's got soft damage in there, that could be a problem going forward. But it is what it is. Uh, I was told when they cut Craig Reynolds that uh, that was a huge problem and was the death of the franchise for the entire season. So hopefully I was wrong that it was meaningless and there were a thousand guys exactly like him. And the people who were saying that were right, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, because the way Montgomery was just kind of laying there, not moving, as trainers went and dealt with other things, it's hard to take that in a good way. Fourth downs. I'm not going to bemoan the play call on fourth and four in the opponent's 31 because it was actually a good call. Player was all but open. Uh, 
Witherspoon just made a great play. What are you going to do? Defensive players get paid too. This stuff happens. Uh, what I am going to say though is that if the Lions don't trust their kicker to hit from 45 yards, 46 yards, 47, stretch it to maybe 48 on that play. Uh, if your guy can't hit that, you need a new guy. Just straight up facts. Like, went into overtime. <laughs> it doesn't go into overtime. Uh, like, these are the things. Like, you're forced into that situation because you don't trust the guy that you have. And if that's the case, like, if you don't trust the guy that you have, get a new guy. For the love of God, quit bringing in the same two guys you don't want. Go find somebody else. Doesn't seem that hard to me. But it's the kicker position and kind of like quarterback. There just aren't really enough of them that can consistently do this job. So the teams just kind of keep recycling all these guys that we, we basically know can't. Kind of sucks. Uh, but what are you going to do? Uh, another play I wanted to bring up is a counterplay to say Brown in the third quarter. Uh, was everyone else sitting just on the edge of their seat for that entire play? Like, has there ever been a play to this level where every moment of it looked like everything was about to blow up? And, and then every Lions player got their job done. Amon Ra didn't panic in traffic. The O-line reset and held their ground just enough to get him by, which is all they really needed to do. Just the way Ben Johnson drew it up, right? As people are just flailing at the ball carrier as he goes by. Um, it's a great call, great play by the entire team. Then that's what Lions football looks like right now on offense. And I'm here for it, man. I have watched so much of the other end. Like just of, of badly designed and also badly executed football at the same time. I've just seen so much of that that the watching this is just great. Like we didn't win this week. You know what I mean? But we also like the there were good things about what was happening. And I'm going to talk about some of those later, but we lost. So, of course, I'm going to focus on some of the negatives a little bit. That's just kind of how that goes. That's where my brain went immediately after watching us lose the game. I uh, was thinking, why, why did that happen? So I'm going to cover a couple more things and then get on with the message of positivity at the end. Like Josh Reynolds last week led the team in yards with 80 and this week 166. So he's on 70 pace. That's the guy's on pace for like a 1200 yard season right now for the Lions. And he has two touchdowns in the first two games. That's a guy showing up and getting the job done when there is a job that needs to be done. Now, the fact that it is Josh Reynolds and then Amon Ross St. Brown as well and no other receiver with more than two catches is the problem. The Lions have two. Kali Raymond steps in and gets it done when nobody else does. That's kind of his thing. Someone gets hurt. Put Raymond in. That's that's exactly what you want him for. But he's very much at five foot whatever and one hundred and however many pounds he actually is right now. He's not the guy that they need. And like 
Sadly, looking at it, I don't think Jamison Williams is the guy that they need either because he is also a person who is built to basically play the same role that Josh Reynolds is playing right now. That like third receiver, except he'll play it much faster. <laughs> Not the end of the world, but just just to think. The, the Lions have a bunch of wide receiver threes and a wide receiver one, and their wide receiver one is a slot guy. And that's fine. It's just not ideal. It's, it's if you're drawing up exactly how you would like to build your offense, that's not how you do it. Like if your slot guy's your wide receiver too, hey, awesome. That's cool. As long as your wide receiver, your, your other outside receiver is good, which Josh Reynolds would be. But if the Lions had like a six foot four, basically if they had Calvin Johnson <laughs> or one of the reasonable hand-drawn facsimiles of Calvin Johnson that have existed. I'm just going to say, like, I know he doesn't practice, and that's why they didn't grab him, but DeAndre Hopkins would be doing a lot of good things for this offense. But the offense wasn't the problem today. Like, the offense put up enough points that you should absolutely win every single game forever that the offense scores that many points. The problem is the same problem that has existed for two years. It's the defense. And just another thing about that. So, like, Barnes is having a pretty good first half. Campbell's showing up and showing out. I do have to ask, why the fuck do you suddenly decide Malcolm Rodriguez needs to play? Like, there are three good linebackers on this team. And there are three other linebackers who also dress on Sundays on this team. And that is a very marked line. Those three, of course, would be Alex Anzalone, Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell. The other three, of course, would be special teamers, Malcolm Rodriguez, Jalen Reeves-Mabin, and Anthony Pittman. And again, if when we're drawing up game plans during the week, our coaching staff isn't seeing the absolutely massive difference between those two sets of guys. I have to ask, are they the right guys to be doing this? Because there's one common thread through all of these years of fabulously awful defense. And, and that's, that's the guys telling the other guys what to do. Like we're bringing new guys. And we just keep getting these same results. I love the Rodrigo story. It's a wonderful moment. Not a wonderful player. He's fine. He does. He should be in the NFL. But he should be in the NFL as linebacker four. Pass rushers in coverage. Um. Can we fucking stop doing that, please? Not just Houston down the sideline wide open, uh, which, again, if that happens while you're blitzing other players, you are using James Houston incorrectly, and I don't think after his performance last season, that should be particularly fucking complicated to pick up. Like, what the hell? But it also wasn't just Houston. The Lions are dropping their edges into coverage quite a bit. Like the Seahawks clearly saw it on tape and they had a play ready for if this comes up, man, and that guy is chasing like Disley's not that fast. Like he's fine, 
but he's not a burner. You know, he's <laughs> he didn't get drafted third overall to play tight end in Atlanta. You know, like he's he's just some guy. But asking James Houston to make that play is asking for failure. And I would really appreciate it if Aaron Glenn would stop requesting fails because there's enough of them happening on plays where he hasn't specifically engineered them that we don't need him to make it more fair for the other team. Like, what are you doing? Like the next play, CJ Gardner, Johnson, and Brian Branch are the two guys trying to apply pressure. And that means someone somewhere is suboptimally covering someone else. <laughs> and I'm going to ask if that made sense because I'm not 100% sure it did. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. When you blitz two corners, two nickels or two safeties, whatever you want to call those two guys, when you blitz two defensive backs, let's say, that means that there are two people somewhere who should not be covering people that are now covering those people. And if you don't get there, which the Lions cannot seem to get there, they have failed in both of these games to seal the deal when blitzing multiple players. If you can't get there when that's happening, you need to not do it. Like, just go take a look at the third down play. Just under two minutes left in the second. Geno Smith scrambles on third down. The person who comes up to stop him from getting that is Charles Harris. And Charles Harris is coming from 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage to make that play. Why the fuck is he there? Repeatedly. All the time in this game. Like, that is not what this man is good at. Quit getting cute. Doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. But it is. Uh, another thing I want to cover. If you think the Lions need to be looking to upgrade from Jared Goff at this point, I'm just going to have to assume that you don't know your ass from your head. And that I'm just talking to an idiot. And I'm going to treat you accordingly. Or you just don't watch the games. And I'll consider both of those things equally likely. Um, but if you're not watching the games, why are you talking? I mean... An example has been set by Lions commentators that sometimes that's okay, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Amon Ross A. Brown only had two catches for 30 yards in the first half, and it's hard to look at the first half offense and be unhappy because like, occasionally winning one without just feeding St. Brown the ball would be nice, and they did get the ball to Josh Reynolds a lot. And I think a lot of Lions fans have forgotten that like Reynolds is a reasonable wide receiver three in the NFL. Like he's never going to be the wide receiver one, the X, the big game takeover guy. But he can do damage if the other team isn't focusing on him. And the Seahawks did not focus on him today. And he did some damage. The story of this game was the same, uh, just on slightly smaller numbers. Like the defense didn't force any turnovers. That uh, pass defended by Kirby that hit him in both of the hands would absolutely have been a touchdown the other way. That's a massive swing. Game is won. 
That, along with the field goal that we decided not to kick and did not convert, those are the two plays, basically. That's the difference in the game. That and the pick six. Those are the three. Like, if you take those three plays and literally anything else happens on those plays, well, not literally anything in the case of Kirby, if he catches that and returns it, which we've seen him do previously, that's the difference in this game. So it's not a huge, woe is me, I thought the Lions were great, and now I think they're terrible kind of loss. Like, they didn't give up 50 and score 10. That's that's not what we're dealing with here. It's a uh, week one lies. Week one showed you that the Seattle Seahawks were a terrible team when everyone spent all offseason telling you that they were going to make the playoffs. Well, we just watched a team come into our house, down three offensive linemen, run the ball on us fairly well, protect their quarterback fairly well, even though we were blitzing him like crazy, and find a way to squeak out a road victory. That's who the Seahawks probably actually are. So, like, not mad about that particularly would have been nice to go 2-0 like I said last week just the statistical probability of making the playoffs at that point is nice now we have absolutely no idea how the rest of this year is going to go let's talk about the biggest problem on the entire team so far this season and that is the pass rush Uh, this was like I said an offensive line down three guys and our guys could not beat them one on one they could not beat the second string offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks. Think about that for a moment. Like the offensive tackles for the Seahawks that were actually playing on the field are not good. They are bad players. They are not good at football. In like the scale of, are they one of the top 1200 players on earth? Yeah, probably. Uh, But within that 1200 humans, they're not on the good end of it, let's say. Like, the Lions got one sack, and even that sack was a pretty pathetic one as far as sacks go. Like, Smith basically just didn't realize he had already run around long enough to get to the two-minute warning because of the ludicrous amount of time that would have to go for him to have run around that long. Like, they snapped the ball at 2.11 on the clock. And Anzalone finally put us out of our misery and got a sack at 157. That means he was running around, basically playing as though he were running around children. And yeah, Lions pass rushers, you need to take this one to heart because uh, y'all got your ass beat on that play for what is that? That's 14 seconds that he had to throw that ball somewhere. And he just decided not to until Alex Anzalone came in and got that done. Like... This game should have been a pass-rushing bloodbath from the Detroit Lions' perspective. And, like, they decided to to sit the same defensive tackles that they did last week. And, like, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but as soon as the limb went down, I was like, well, that's a NASCAR package for the rest of this game, and we'll all be out of here in about 45 minutes or so. Uh, (laughs) Because, like, they didn't have anybody else and that this week, the guys did not get it done the way they did last week. Last week, they stood up three Pro Bowl interior offensive linemen and beat them consistently, repeatedly throughout the entire game. And this week, they were playing not that. Like last year's backup center for the Lions, Evan Brown, was the starting center for the Seahawks today. And he was probably the best interior offensive lineman they had. 
that's not great. He's fine. He's a good, again, he's in the 1200. He's just probably not in the top 600. So with three starting offensive linemen, they still couldn't get Gino on the ground with a four man pass rush. And that's unacceptable. If you can't do that to this team, are you ever going to be able to do it to any team? And if you can't do that, are you a playoff team? These questions and more will be answered over the next few weeks by our Detroit Lions. You can buy all kinds of merch at DetroitLions.com slash store. If that doesn't work, try shop. It's one of those two. See you tomorrow. You've had enough of that shit.